Welcome to the Empowered You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Espino, a former licensed social worker turned spiritual empowerment coach and transformational speaker. And I am on a mission to help you rediscover who you truly are on a soul level so you can create the life you truly desire and make the impact that only you were born to make. This unfiltered podcast is your weekly Espino Espresso shot of empowerment, information, strategies, incredible guests, fun, and so much more all geared towards helping you believe with pure conviction that you are more than enough and have the power and abilities within you to make your dreams and desires a reality. Because let me tell you, sunshine, the world needs you. Now let's get this party started. Welcome back, Sunshine, to another episode of the Empowered You Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful that you are here. And I do not believe in coincidences. You are meant to hear this incredible episode with Miss Carla Romo. She is back on the podcast. I'm so excited. Carla actually participated in episode 35 on this podcast. And Oh my gosh, I got such incredible feedback from it. She's so amazing. And I'm so excited to share with you all that I actually teamed up with Carla and Tessie Tracy to host the Level Up Your Life during COVID virtual event that is going up on October 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a Saturday, it's on Zoom, and it's going to be freaking amazing. So I'm going to be bringing inner child healing. So you're going to learn why inner child healing is so incredibly important, why it be affecting almost every single area of your life, including dating and relationships and connection with self and others, including body confidence and your relationship with food and your health. I mean, it is wild how much it is so freaking connected. So you're going to learn ways to heal your inner child. I'm going to be facilitating inner child's healing meditation at the end. It's going to be so powerful. And Carla is going to be sharing how to cultivate thriving intimacy and connection with self and others others and it's for anyone regardless of your status so regardless if you're single in a relationship or you're dating her workshop is for you it's going to be so incredibly powerful and then miss tessie tracy she's going to be talking about how you can start loving yourself like body confidence loving your skin in the here and now and she's going to share with us some tips and tools on how to do it do that. So it's going to be so awesome. It's definitely going to be a space of sisterhood, of connection. You're going to feel like, damn, I'm not alone. You know, we are, we're all struggling with this and you're going to be provided with the tools to really help you level up and heal on a deeper level and grow and evolve and transform in all these areas. So it's going to be so amazing. It's pay what you can. So it's totally donation based and I'm just so freaking fired up and excited for it. So the link to sign up is in the show notes. Definitely check it out. We would love to have you. As long as you identify as a woman, you are invited and welcome. There's going to be sponsors. People are going to win um, prizes and it's just going to be so amazing. So we will check you out there. And now back to Carla. So Carla Romo is an international speaker, certified dating and relationship coach and author of Contagious Love. She's the love life cheerleader, helping women who feel stuck and stagnant build purpose and confidence in their relationships, dating life, and breakups. Carla has facilitated workshops for hundreds of people and have been an expert speaker, 
featured on or in collaboration with Bravo, Cosmopolitan, Bumble, Lifetime, and she's been on high-rated iTunes podcasts. And Carla's philosophy is that the most important relationship you have is with yourself. And it sets the tone for every relationship you have in your life. I mean, Carla's absolutely amazing. Her energy is fire and sunshines. I really, the amount of people I would collaborate with at this time consists of like five people. And that's like being generous. And Carla is one of those people, you know, because she is so authentic. She's so wise. She has such knowledge. She's very, like you could tell spirit speaks through her. I love her energy. And it's just been such a pleasure collaborating with her. And it's been a pleasure connecting with her. And I love what she shares in this episode. So you, I'm telling you, are meant to hear it. So without further ado, let's get this party started in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, Carla, back to the Empowered You podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so excited. This is so great. Thanks for having me on again. Oh my gosh, Carla, I'm so excited. So the really background information is that I've been wanting to reach out to you to invite you back on the podcast. And so when you reached out to me and well, no, I lied. Actually, I think how it happened was I commented on one of your quizzes, your Instagram quizzes, which are so much fun. I love them. Good, Good to know. Okay. I'll throw yeah. one on this week. Yeah. They're so engaging. I love them. And I'm always like, what's the, like, I'm just, I love them. So anyway, I remember I commented on one of those and then you responded back and then you were just like, also, we should do a virtual event. Like, and I was like, hell yeah. yeah. I'm so, so it was so perfect because like I've mentioned to you before and I've said it on the live stream is like, I really don't collaborate with a lot of people. Like I'm very, very selective in who I collaborate with. And I felt so honored. And I was also like, this is the perfect opportunity to bring you back because I've been wanting to bring you back. So thank you. Yes. The universe was like, all right, Kelly and Carla, you guys need to get together again, need to create amazing events and be on the podcast again. So we're here. Yes. We're yeah. Here. And it's like I mentioned before we hit record, I literally was listening to our last episode with, which is episode 35, everyone. Um, and it was so good. I mean, you were, t- we were talking about everything, the full spectrum. It was amazing. Well, you're a good interviewer. So yeah. well, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. Yeah. So Carla, let us know what's the update since last time. Man, I mean, the update since like COVID, really. I mean, this was pre-COVID days, right? Yes. So the update looks like keeping my sanity, still <laughs> on myself, self-love, self-care, got that going on. And I feel like at times too, especially right now with just how crazy everything has been, that it's really important for me to stay on my self-care and self-love because mm-hmm. things are different and we're a little bit more disconnected right? Than we were previously, or some people actually feel maybe more connected in the sense that you're getting really specific of who you are as a person. This is a great time to have lots of opportunity for personal growth and really Mm -hmm. experience that journey. So I've actually been walking through a lot of my clients with that and really helping them connect around intimacy with themselves, whether they're in a relationship, dating, going through breakup, divorce, whatever it may be, but really connecting with that relationship with themselves so then they can thrive in their love life at whatever stage that they're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and what I wanted to, because what my thoughts on COVID when it first happened and because uh, my sister at that time was dating or she wanted to date and I thought this is the best time because 
you're not jumping to physical, like a physical relationship, which can definitely alter emotions or make you feel you're closer or more intimate than you think. And you're building, like, I almost felt like it was like that show on Netflix. That's like love at blind, blind sight. Or have you saw that? Have love you seen that? Blind or whatever. What is that? What it's called? Yeah. Love is blind. Yeah. yeah. But basically you, you still see the person because obviously on zoom or zoom dates or whatever, but I thought it's like the perfect time to build that emotional connection. If you connect with someone, but what are your thoughts? I'm curious. I've actually had lots of clients get into relationships during this time. So if you are listening oh. and you think, oh my gosh, this is the end all be all, like I'm going to be single forever. It's pushing it off. It's actually a really great opportunity. Like you just said, to take things slower and really have conversations, really get to know somebody, talk about things that are uncomfortable in the sense of COVID. Do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Do we talk about if you've been quarantining before we really meet up to meet? Um, do you get tested before we see each other? And I always oh. talk about this. If you get tested for STDs, right, to protect yourself, mm -hmm. it's also maybe responsible if you're going to get together with somebody that you haven't met yet to get tested for COVID yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're looking out for. You're looking out for yourself, but you're also looking out for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think right now is actually a perfect time to be dating. And I think that you can be successful in that. You might have to change your idea or perspective or expectations of what maybe you thought you should be doing right now, but I think it's a perfect time to jump in. And another thing as well is I know that for people in relationships, uh, people have been saying, oh my gosh, COVID has been really stressful for our relationship or it's ruining my relationship, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But what I like to say to that is COVID is just highlighting the issues that you guys weren't dealing with. And so as a result, it feels heightened because of COVID, but those issues usually were most likely there prior to COVID. They're just on a deeper level now. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. So much sense. And have you, have you found that your business has actually grown in COVID? Yes. Have you? Yes. yes. At first, honestly, I was actually shocked because, you know, you hear all the fear energy all around that's like, you know, right? like save the money, save the money. And I remember I was on um, a YouTube video with one of my friends, Jerome, and he asked me about business because it was business geared yeah, or business focused. And I told him, I'm like, actually, you know, it's actually been really good. And he's like, yeah, but that makes sense because you're, you're not taking from people. You're, you're giving to them and yeah. people are like forced to look at themselves and they're like, shit, I need some support. Like I need some help. The time now, whereas I tend to coach sometimes people who are very busy or like to travel for work or whatever it is. And they're now stuck in their homes, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're single, they've got a lot of downtime with themselves. Mm -hmm. So now is the time to focus on yourself, to really get specific. What is it you want for yourself in your dating life, in your relationship, all of those aspects. It's like now is the perfect time, right? To do inner child healing, to connect mm -hmm. spiritually. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say that COVID is a great thing that happened because I think there's actually horrible things that are with it. Yeah. But you can also look at the silver lining of maybe this opportunity has allowed you to slow down and reflect within and sit with your feelings instead mm -hmm. of being so busy on the go that you're recognizing within yourself, okay, it's time to ask for help. I need to get help around X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so true. And I even like, I invested in two coaching programs. I have my own coach. So if, if I think about it, I'm like, Hey, Kelly, you're doing exactly the same thing. Like, I feel like we're being asked all of us to level up. Well, which is so ironic, right? Hey. Like, 
Level up, level up, level up. Yeah, like that we are, and we didn't even make that connection though, but for the virtual event, level up your life during COVID, which is happening October 17th, Eastern Standard Time on virtual, I was like the virtual world, on Zoom, um, which we didn't even, I swear, I didn't even connect that, but that is so effing aligned. Like, have you been feeling that like from your clients? Like they're just ready to like expand? Yes, absolutely. And because now it's been months, right? Like you went through the initial shock and trauma of like, oh my God, this is happening. This is crazy. I feel out of control. And it's okay if you're still there. It's okay if you have moments of that. I think that is normal. We are Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. We are in a trauma as a collective, right? There's no Mm -hmm. denying that. But I also think there's a certain extent where you say, okay, I need to change something about this situation. I need to work on it. I need to level up my life, whether that is in your love life, spirituality, body confidence, whatever it may be, it's being able to say, yep, it's time that I do something about this. And it's time that I invest in myself. Yes, 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 snaps, snaps, snaps. Um, Okay, so I have like a random range of questions for you. I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so because I really want to touch on everyone that may be listening, like single, relationship, you know, believe in relationship. So my question for you, I I would love your perspective on this. So I have a girlfriend who is now in the process she's already broken up with her, her ex-partner, but when she was in it and she was like thinking about, you know, breaking up or not, or, you know, they said they were going to break up, but then she's like, should I fight for this? Like, you know, unconditional love. Yeah. He might be, um, depressed or like at the end of the day, he wasn't really work. He wasn't going to do his own healing work. Like he knew he needed healing. He wasn't going to get therapy. He wasn't going to do the work. So she's like, you know, should I have helped? Like, should I fought? So basically my question to you, cause I know I have to give some background information is when, because I get the unconditional love, right? Like fight for what you want. But when is it uh, like, is there a moment where it's like, no, enough is enough. Like, what are the, like, do you know what I'm saying? I do. It's basically saying at what point do you say, okay, I'm, I'm being patient and I'm going to wait to see where, you know, this person evolves. I get we're on two different paths in regards to inner growth work or it's, at what point do I say enough is enough, right? And at what point do I say, and I think this is the key to it, my mental health, my spiritual health, my well-being, my physical, like all of those things are being effective because of the relationship. So you can kind of look at it almost like a triangle. So you're on one end of the triangle, your partner's on the other, ex is on the other, whatever at this point, Mm -hmm. um, on the other end, and then you've got relationship. And so both people, in order to keep the triangle afloat, right, both people need to contribute up to the top if the relationship is at the top of the triangle, okay? Mm -hmm. So both people need to contribute to to the relationship. When only one person is, the triangle changes shape. So it moves and it pushes the other person out. So you're contributing to the relationship. Now your side is closer to the relationship and that person is pushed out, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about creating balance in a relationship, both people, the idea is, is that they're both contributing to the relationship. So you're working on yourself, which means then that feeds into the top part, which is the relationship. So it should stay looking kind of like a Christmas tree, right? Like that's the triangle. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're the only one contributing to that, the triangle shifts, and you become closer to the top and that person's pushed out, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have balance anymore in the relationship. You are giving more to the relationship, which at times I really don't believe that relationships are always 50-50. I don't, Mm -hmm. but there is a time and place where 
you have to give a little bit more and your partner has to give a little more. You, you take off a little bit and your partner gives, right? But when your partner is no longer able to show up for you or for the relationship, then I'd say that's an issue. Another thing too is everybody's, everybody has awareness. I truly believe that. It's what you do with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people have to come to their own terms of getting help, whether that is with therapy, whether that's with healing work, whatever it may be, but you can't force somebody into their own work. You could let them know, hey, look, this is what I need for the relationship. And then it really just depends. Does the other person respond in saying, okay, like I want to work through this together in the relationship or are they just not there yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and like, what I want to stress is that we all have our own baggage, right? You know how people are like, oh, yeah. they, they're coming with baggage. We all have baggage. Yeah. We all have unresolved trauma and that's oh. fine. Like, you know, I want to normalize that. And I also want to say though, that if you're not willing to look at your unresolved trauma or work through your unresolved trauma, then you should not have to be a casualty to someone's unwillingness to work on themselves. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. And I think too, when you're looking at somebody, for example, with narcissistic personality disorder, right? Mm -hmm. You're the social worker. I'm not. Okay. So I can't diagnose people with that, but I've, I've done a lot of research on it and I talk Mm -hmm. about it in my book, Contagious Love, because the thing is, is that when you have somebody who's a narcissist, they might be able to manipulate you into holding on longer to the relationship. Oh, but I am working on it. See, I'm doing this, this, and this, where it creates this idea of what the relationship could be versus what it really is. And so I think sometimes when you think of the idea of needing to fight for the relationship, you're really talking about codependency. You're no longer talking about mutual trust, deep intimacy, emotionally connection, those types of things, right? You're talking about, and this kind of falls back into your inner child stuff, is that inner child stuff. Needing to fight for something, right? That's like your little kid coming out. Like I need to establish myself. I need to be heard. I need to be listened to. Uh, But I think that in regards to a fight, I don't think relationships should feel like a fight. I think absolutely at times relationships feel uncomfortable as hell. And oh my gosh, like you got your ups and downs and they can be very difficult and you really have to work through shit and be very patient and, and all of those things. But I think ultimately it should never feel like a fight or a struggle. It should always feel like you're at least being open and communicating how you feel while working through it together. Such valuable information. I freaking love this. And what's coming to me is like, okay, you know, let's say you're married or you're like a long relationship and there's seasons, right? Like seasons where you may have fell into depression, seasons where you may have gotten sick, seasons. So it's like, I could under, I could see, I can hear them, right? Like being like, well, you know, they're depressed, they're this or that. Like I, I have to fight, quote unquote, fight for this relationship or um, I can't give up, you know, when they're like this. So, and I get that to a point, but I'm just curious, like your insight on the seasons and like, when is that an, a crutch, an excuse? And when is that valid or is it not? I, you know, I don't really know at all. That's why I'm asking. You know, I once had a therapist actually say to me, you should never make any big life changes after being with somebody until after four seasons, because then you actually truly get to know somebody in a sense of in the beginning, honeymoon phase is amazing. You're like, this is great. This is fun. Everything's amazing. And then the hormones start to wear off and things start to get real. And you start Mm -hmm. to really get to know each other beyond just you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. But you start to actually see, and there's a process in relationships 
where you start to wonder, okay, this person isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. This person really isn't perfect, right? It's like, you can start to go down this rabbit hole of this person's got this and they've got that. And to be honest, everybody has something. Mm -hmm. There's something with everyone. It's just a matter of how you manage it together, how you manage it on your own, how that person manages their stuff. So I would really say that, yes, seasons are important. You learn about people. Mm -hmm. But I also think as well, people go through things, people go through depression, people go through anxiety and whatnot. Um, people have addiction and get help, right? Like, and that's the idea of like, if you're going to be with somebody and, and they have an addiction is hopefully they're seeking help for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that you don't have to take care of them and that's where you can get into codependency, but people got their stuff. It's about how they deal with it. So if mm -hmm. somebody is depressed through winter or through COVID or has high anxiety or high stress right now, how are they dealing with it? Are they outwardly taking it out on you? Are they outwardly taking it out on the relationship or are they dealing with it on their own terms and being open and transparent in the relationship and just sharing, Hey, I've got this. I feel really depressed right now and creating that emotional intimacy versus I feel depressed. You need to do something about it because I'm not going to. Wow. Oh my God. You just like drop the mic. Like that makes so much sense. Cause honestly that question, I was like, is she going to be able to answer this? Cause I don't know. Like, and that was so, I, don't know if I answered it right. <laughs> no, you totally did. I didn't even like, that's such a great perspective and a great takeaway to, to understand, to recognize the difference of like, what is quote unquote, a healthier way versus not a healthier way of yes. the seasons. Yes. Oh. I freaking love that. Okay. My second one question that came to me when you were speaking and I was like, let me write this down. Yep. Okay. I've been very candid about this and I, I'm pretty sure I told you as well. My longest relationship was in high school for two years, huh? like legit. And I can go years without dating, without talking to another person, like a long time. Right. So I have this belief that I refuse to subscribe to the idea that relationships are hard work. It's so hard. Now I've been very, people have been taught like, like I'm thinking of my cousin, like she's like, but that's naive. You're being, you know, like that's not, that's not accurate. Um, being too optimistic and you know, I can be very optimistic. So I don't really know. A am I being optimistic or what? So I really don't want to subscribe to this belief. I really don't, but I would love your, your insight on this. So I think relationships take work, right? And mm -hmm. there's going to be moments where you're both like, what is going on? And there's going to be moments where you're really connected. Mm -hmm. I think what it really comes down to is intimacy in an emotional sense. And I'm not talking about quick intimacy. I'm not talking about trauma bonding or quickly gaining each other's trust by sharing each other's secrets on the second date. To me, that's actually not intimacy. Intimacy is being patient, truly getting to know somebody through all their flaws, their weaknesses, their strengths, being able to have a conversation and talk about it in the relationship by saying, hey, I feel really uncomfortable. I feel really insecure about this. Mm -hmm. It's having a sense of awareness about yourself. And everybody's different and everybody's going to have triggers and everyone's going to respond differently, right? So I think the idea of relationships are hard and they take work. They do, right? But I think ultimately it also comes down to, are you open with each other? Are you truly receptive to what your partner is saying? Or are you shutting it off because you're afraid of intimacy? And I'm not saying you as you, but like in general, right? Like, are you afraid of intimacy? Is there something about really getting to know somebody and really connecting that feels scary for you, right? Which means that you might reject it. 
some people, when it starts to get to that level, they start to create problems in the relationship so that it's not going to work out mm -hmm. or they find every little flaw with the person they're with. So then they they can walk out that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's a balance, right? Because you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that's one is toxic or unhealthy. Like I'm not advocating for that at all. Stick it out. Just be open and intimate. Both yeah. people need to be able to share in order to connect on that level. Oh my God. I love this because I do feel people use that as an excuse, a crutch. Like the relationship can be extremely toxic and they're like, well, relationships are hard work. Like that's, that's what... denial. Yeah. Oh, that's denial. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. It's instead of saying really getting to the point of it, of what is actually going on? Can this be salvaged in the sense that can you guys work on it together? Could you guys go to couples therapy? Can your partner or you each go to your own individual therapist and then be able to have conversations around your triggers and what's coming up for you? I think a lot of that is what is underneath the denial, mm -hmm. is underneath what's happening. Uh, because if you just say, well, they're hard, they're work, right off, bye, that's denying actually what's going on. If you can say, I feel uncomfortable, I don't feel safe when this happens, it makes me feel really scared, I feel afraid, those types of things, right? To really verbalize how you feel your emotions, mm -hmm. then you're able to right size what's going on in the relationship, what's going on for yourself, how you're feeling, how you're showing up to things. I also think too, and this goes into a lot of your work, inner child healing, a lot of the stuff that we're triggered by in relationships is unresolved trauma. Yep. So there's yeah. that work too, which <laughs> I think everybody can benefit from you in so many ways to have really healthy, strong relationships is really sifting through some of that trauma that maybe developed when you were a child. Oh, I love that you mentioned that. And that's why I'm so excited for our virtual event. Like yes. with, you, with the intimacy and connection and then inner child healing and the body confidence, because it's so interrelated and it's, it's, I'm so happy that you said that. So what was coming to me was the conditioning of society for us to not, especially men, to not express their, their emotions and their, because basically what I'm hearing from you is a lot, it all comes down, not all, but a, a majority of it is communication, right? Like it is hundred percent. Okay. Yes. So that I'm like, that's valid. Okay. So what I'm, I'm, it must be such a mind F for a lot of your clients because they may have a partner if, if they are with a male partner that the conditioning is so wired to not communicate, not express yourself. And even for women as well, we, you know, big girls don't cry, like don't cry, don't express, like you're seen, but not heard or yeah, not heard. So what advice do you have for people? Because I feel like people are going to be sending their partner this episode and be like, listen, <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. Like communication. So like, can you give us some baby steps or like some tools to help people like start communicating? So fine and good are not emotions and feelings. I feel fine. I feel good about that. If you start to hear your partner say, oh yeah, that, that sounds good. I feel good about that. There's more to it, right? So you can ask your partner and follow up with, okay, well, what do you mean by you feel good about that? Could you just elaborate or clarify that for me? Be the person that asks, can you clarify? That's okay to ask for clarification. When you start asking the question, but why? So my sister, she's worked in corporate America for years, and she talks about this principle, this rule that they have, where you ask, but why, like five times. And then by the fifth time you get to the real answer. Okay. So it's almost like in this situation, you could say, 
I just really, I don't, okay, let's talk about something that, that really couples fight about, which is like couples fight about sex, they fight about money, those types of things. So let's talk about sex. I don't feel like we have sex enough, but why? Well, I don't feel like we have sex enough because I feel like really busy, but why? Well, I don't feel like we have sex enough because I'm really busy and I just feel like I'm not making a priority, but why? Well, I feel like we don't have sex because I'm not emotionally connected as much as we were before. And it's not, it's not great, but why? Well, it makes me really sad. And I feel like as a result of not being connected, so do you see what I'm saying? It kind mm -hmm. of builds on this, but why, but why, but why? I'm not asking you at all to tell your partner and to go through a but why, but why, but why? But it kind of gets to the layers of it. If you can see it as almost like onion layers, okay, you just peel back, peel back, peel back. So what do you mean by you feel good about that? Well, could you clarify that? Like, what does that mean? And then you start to have a conversation. You open up about it. But I think a lot of times in order for us to make action and take action, make choices that really speak to our heart, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to our purpose, you have to get clear on how you're feeling about something instead of suppressing it. Because the more and more you suppress things, the more and more things just build up till you explode in some sort of way, right? It's like a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. So I think really getting to the bottom with your partner about their feelings, listening, really listening to what they're saying. Oh, they said it's good. Cool. We're done. Are you brushing that off? Cause you were anxious and afraid of rejection that they wouldn't feel good. So then you just take what they said and said and run with it. Or are you willing to kind of have a deeper conversation and be able to go further together? So it's one of those things you just need to just start peeling back those onion layers and it doesn't need to happen in one big swoop of a deep conversation. It can happen in little increments where you guys can pick up that conversation over time. I love that. I love that you said that, like in little steps. And also I, def I would love to, I love that you highlighted listening. And I feel like your partner may not say what you wanna hear. And I think a lot of times people are like, be honest with me, communicate with me. Then they say something that you don't wanna hear and then you react. And then you shut down, you, uh, the, the partner shuts down and then you re re reinforce these trauma bonds or like uh, not these unresolved traumas of the inner child being like, see, like I, I'm not heard, so I'm just gonna shut down. So yeah. it's like, I feel like this work, it's like you really have to work on being present and not being attached to the outcome, which I can't imagine how hard that must be. If you're spiritual or anything like that, I actually suggest, or if you are religious, whatever, I suggest praying to your higher power, universe, God, before you have a, a serious conversation with your partner, mm. where you can just say, I want you to be the interpreter. And so God be the interpreter, universe be the interpreter. I'm just going to come into this conversation. I'm going to be present. I don't have to try to convince them to hear my side of things. I don't have to try to convince them to get my point across, whatever. It's just mm. let them hear it, how it, they're going to hear it, because then that leaves you the opportunity to listen to receive and then be able to give back. I love that. Like seeking external support, but also setting the intention of yes. getting more clarity and connecting. And, oh, this is so powerful and I love it. And I love this so much because I'm not in a relationship. So I'm like, yet. So I'm like, this is such valuable information for me for when it does happen. You know what 100%. I mean? Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter whether you are in a relationship, dating, single AF, whatever you want to call it, this, this can be used at any, any stage. Yeah. Oh, I freaking love it. Um, okay. So I was stalking your Instagram. Um, 
And I came across a quote that you, that you wrote that I love so much that I'm curious your insight. Um, it said, sometimes the best way to practice self-love is doing that one thing you're afraid of. I was like, oh, this is juicy. So I'm curious, like what your perspective is on this. Well, I think that being able to really honor yourself, be able to show up for yourself means that you're okay getting uncomfortable. You're okay putting yourself out there because you know at the end of the day that you're worth it. And so when we self-sabotage, which is not doing the one thing that you're afraid of and saying, okay, I'm going to play it safe. And you can rationalize. You can use the logic side of your brain to convince yourself exactly why you shouldn't do it and why you're going to hold off and not get to it. But ultimately, you know, deep inside in your gut, your intuitive spirit, it's like, you know, that you should be going after this. You should be doing it. And that's all around honoring yourself. It's saying that I'm okay and I'm enough if it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. I'm okay and I'm enough if it does work out. So there's no loss. It's a win-win for yourself. It's putting yourself out there. And I truly believe everything happens for a reason. So it's only connecting you further to where you're supposed to be. I love that. I love that so much. And going back to the previous episode that you were on where you shared a bunch of tools on how to really cultivate that self-love, because again, I love, like, I know I tell you this all the time, but I, I, you're, yes, you're a certified dating and relationship coach, but like you, you give people what they want, but what they really need is the self-love. Yes. Yeah. We all need self-love. We all do. And I don't think that we're taught that, right? Yeah. We're taught that if you're a little girl, you're taught that you should wait for your Prince Charming. I mean, look at the Disney yep. videos, right? That's codependency 101 right there. If you want to see codependency, watch Disney. Yeah. Um, for boys, little boys, you're taught man up, be a man, right? Like you got to don't cry. Like you, you've got to be able to stand up and, and don't let those tears show. You're going to be strong. That's also rejecting yourself. That's mm -hmm. rejecting your emotions. That's rejecting being human at its, mm -hmm. at its core. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are what influence who we are as adults, because you're taught at such a young age by society, by culture, by pop culture, all of those things of who you're supposed to be when we get to be adults and we find ourselves not fulfilled, or we find ourselves feeling like something's missing or feeling empty. It's because we're not turning inward to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not giving that love to ourselves. Instead, we're probably doing things to seek outside validation which can leave us so empty. It's like a cup, right? Mm -hmm. You got to fill your own damn cup up first. If you mm -hmm. really want to feel validation, you can't seek it from other people. It might be a temporary fix, a temporary, mm -hmm. you know, cup fill up kind of thing. But I promise you there's a massive leak at the bottom of that cup if you're yeah. not doing it yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, I, I had a thought years ago that I was, I'm a little ashamed to admit, but I thought, oh, I have, you know, I don't have insurance right now. I should get insurance. And I'm like, well, hopefully I could just marry someone that has insurance and be on their insurance. And like, oh my gosh, so codependent. And then also like, I've, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Like when I had my financial rock bottom, I literally would meditate for hours to be saved by like inter divine intervention. So I was codependent on the divinity. Like, yes. Yes. So sneaky. This codependency. Is uh, so you know, I've never thought about codependency with spirituality or religion. Whereas you're, you're asking to be saved or you're asking for an outcome, right? Yeah. Because that's still holding on to control. Yeah. That's still saying like, I feel like I can control this in some way. Okay. And not accepting and an end and acceptance of reality. Because once you can be in acceptance, then you can take action. 
But until you're in acceptance, that's kind of, you got to kind of sit there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So powerful. So powerful. This is so great. Um, I'm okay. The one I don't, I wanted to see how I can fit this in, but there's not like an actual way. So I'm just going to say it because like I told you before we hit record before I came on and I was like, what should I ask Carla? I heard gaslighting like really loud. So I feel like there, there may be people that are in relationships that are experiencing gaslighting that don't recognize even the term or recognize that they're being gaslit. So I would love your perspective on like, what is gaslighting and how can someone know if they're being gaslighted? So basically, long story short, gaslighting is when somebody takes the rea- your reality, right? Something that actually happens and tells you it didn't happen that way. And then it kind of makes you feel crazy. So you start to question your own sense of reality, which can be a really dangerous slope to get down. Because when you start to question your own sense of reality, you start to lose trust within yourself Um, You start to give your power to other people, maybe to the manipulator who's gaslighting you, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think ultimately, like you said, it can be like, it's, it can be sneaky. So you might not even be aware that somebody is gaslighting you and anybody and everyone is, is, can, can be gaslit. So this isn't like, oh, I can call out the manipulators and I, you know, or narcissists or whatever, and I'm fine. I'm, you know, no, anybody can, can be prone to gaslit. So I would say in regards to it being sneaky, that things to look out for. So it could be as simple as you were out with friends and your partner was there and something really funny had happened and you guys all laughed and you get home and your partner's like, and you're talking about it, your partner's like, that didn't happen. No, you, you had said this and tries, it's almost like putting words in your mouth, but it's altering, it's altering your reality. So it's like saying that, you know, no, you said this, that didn't happen at all. I don't know what you're talking about. And then you start to wonder, did I really say that? Is that how the, con- and maybe they get mad at you for it or they try to punish you. And no, you always do that when we're out with friends, you know, something like that where they're trying to gain control and power over the situation. Mm. So when you start to notice maybe that you're gaslit, a way that you can respond is no response at all. So you just don't respond. You walk out, say, I'm sorry, but I will not accept this behavior of you and just walk out. Um, Another way is to correct them and to say, nope, that didn't happen. And the reality is that this happened and that's it. Um, And start to stand up to them in that way. Start to let them know that, nope, that didn't happen at all. And just hold your ground in that. So, and, and there might be, they might try to continue to manipulate you. So you have to also be aware of that. You can't, get into an argument with somebody who is a manipulator because it's going to go nowhere. So it can just cycle and cycle and cycle through. But I think there was a movie that was done. It's like a black and white movie way, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's called the gaslight. And Mm -hmm. basically the premise is, is that this man is gaslighting this woman. And by the end of the movie, she catches on. So she pretends she's so crazy, so insane. And I don't remember how it ends up, but basically he thinks that, that, you know, she's bought into the, you know, some, the the gaslighting Mm -hmm. and really what she was doing is she was manipulating him at the end. So she turned it on him. It's like a whole, like, I don't know, whatever story anyways. But I just think to myself of, around gaslighting is when you start to feel crazy, start Mm -hmm. to question your own, your don't question your own sanity question, why is this person making me crazy? What about them are they saying to me that is making me feel crazy? Mm. Um, Because you should never feel crazy in a relationship and you should always trust your intuition. If you saw something, follow it. Mm -hmm. If somebody tries to tell you, no, maybe you didn't see that. Maybe, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think so. 
right? Like, don't just walk away from it and think, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was this whole other thing. Follow your intuition when you're being gaslit. Oh my God. You're like, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of two different things. I'm thinking of my most toxic relationship I've ever had, which it was toxic, but I didn't never knew he gaslit me, but holy shit, man, he totally gaslit. Yeah. And I remember like venting to my girlfriends and my, my best friend, uh, my sister and, um, saying like, Oh, I did this. I did that. And like, like basically saying like, I was the crazy one. And they were like, but Kelly, he did X, Y, and Z, but he was such a great master manipulator to make me feel like it was my fault. You know? Mm. Yes. Yes. And you know, I share about my own experiences being gaslit when I was in a very toxic, abusive relationship. And I talk a lot about that in my book because for me, I wanted other people to be able to see what the signs are. And when you're told that, you know, this isn't like you, you're not in a good mental state and you start to think, really, I'm not. Oh, okay. I guess there's something wrong with me, right? That you start to backpedal. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I, I learned, oh, this is gaslighting that immediately it was as if like an electric cord shocked me. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, oh my God, I can see through it completely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're worried about being gaslit or anything like that, I suggest research it. Think about times you felt crazy or insane and then be able to step away, have somebody, a support system, a friend, a therapist, a coach, family member, whoever, um, and be able to share with them what's going on and how you've been feeling about it. Oh my God. What I'm hearing like in my head is someone listening to this and being like, oh my God, that's my mom. That's my mother-in-law. That's my yeah. boss. So yeah. because I know we're talking about partner gaslighting, which I feel is very common, but it could happen to every, anyone. Any type of relationship, 100%. Yes. So would you recommend the same advice? Kind of like look into it or, and like, what's the next step they can do if it's like their mother-in-law or their boss or, you know, someone that they can't just be like, peace out, but, or maybe, I don't know. Create boundaries and take care of yourself. Boundaries, I always tell people, boundaries are not for anybody else but yourself. It is, it is a an act of self-care, boundaries are. And that is just saying, I choose me and my mental health, my well-being, my physical health before anything else. Mm. So what do I need to do for myself to stay sane, to stay healthy, to be okay? And so creating boundaries around people that are gaslighters. Maybe if you have to interact with them, there's no way out, right? Like there's no way out. You have to see them is just very much so make it transactional, right? Like you show up, you go do what you need to do and that's it. You're done. Um, if they try to tell you or gaslightly like you, you can, you can speak up for yourself and stand up for yourself and just say, Oh, interesting. I, I don't recall that happening. And that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to prove your point. You can just let them gently know. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't recall that actually happened and and leave it at that but i would say ultimately if you're being gaslit it's probably best in some way to detach yourself from them whether it is um a physical detachment in regards to a boundary or an emotional detachment so that could be just not engaging with them when they get to that level just knowing you know what i'm just gonna walk away from this and it's not in the sense of f you i'm walking away bye but it's in a sense mm -hmm. of you know what like they're they're struggling having compassion for somebody they're you know what they're struggling it doesn't mean you feel bad for them it's just compassion. You can see that clearly they're struggling in life, that they have to gaslight people to be able to feel in control. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's, that's really hard. And that's it. You just can remove yourself from there. 
I love that because I feel a lot of us, we, our ego gets triggered and we want to prove ourselves right. And we oh, want yes. to like fight to the end of like our, and it's just so energetically exhausting and depleting that your advice is so awesome. And when I, everything you're saying, it's like, okay, if you go on the, like the core boundaries, self-love, like everything, it's all, it always goes back to self-love, right? It, does. it always goes back to self-love. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Oh, Carla, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. You're amazing. Oh my God, you so are. But, for our event. Oh my gosh, me too, which I was just about to ask you. So I know you are going to be speaking on culti- um, creating, oh no, cultivating connection and intimacy. Can yes. you share with us a little bit more? Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to really address like what's been stopping you from connection and intimacy. And I think right now, especially during COVID, we feel either a lack of disconnection or we feel disconnected, we feel lack of intimacy, all of those things, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't feel as connected. And this is for anybody, literally any stage of their love life, dating, single, relationship, married, divorce, whatever, don't care. You can come show up here. You can learn how to become more intimate, how to connect again, um, and an actual meaningful connection. So we're not talking about like, oh, like go like cuddle with your partner. We're going to talk like the good stuff, the stuff Mm -hmm. that is long lasting intimacy and connection. And then you'll be able to walk away with these tips on how to live that out in your love life. I'm, I'm so excited for, for this. And and I'm so excited for Tessie's on body confidence and like three ways that you can love yourself in your skin. Now I was like, this woman is speaking to my soul. (laughs) Like she really is. Cassie's amazing and she's so passionate and she's so real about body confidence that even if you feel insecure about your body or you're hesitant to like really putting yourself out there and talking about it in this space, she does a really amazing job of creating a safe space that you feel comfortable talking about your insecurities. Yeah, she's amazing. And I'm not sure if her episode is going to come out before yours or not, but she's on the podcast and I'm so excited. Um, So thank you so much, Carla, for your time. For your wisdom, you are so like on fire with your wisdom. And it's like, damn chick, you are on it. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And where can everyone find you? Even though I have all your links in your show in the show notes, but you know. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at I am Carla Romo. And if you want to join my exclusive, sorry dudes, women only (laughs) Facebook group, it's called Love Life Cheerleader. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it, Sunshines. I know you got so much out of this episode and I would love for you to share it with people in your life that you know that need to hear these messages. We really appreciate that. You can find us on Instagram, take a screenshot, write a five-star review. You know I love it. And I will talk to you guys next time. Sending you all so much love, light, and positive vibes. Bye.